now tuned in to Crypto for Planners. All financial advisors are welcome to Crypto for Planners. Crypto for Planners. Oh. Welcome back to the Crypto for Planners podcast, the most interesting CFP in the financial planning space. I'm happy today to be joined with Cameron Shorg from Notional Finance. Um, we have had um, several different interactions. Uh, Cameron was one of um, our our awesome presenters at last year's Crossroads Conference. And um, we're just happy to have a few moments of time to talk about Notional and fixed rate and variable rate uh, lending in the crypto space and maybe some of the differences. So Cameron, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Justin. Um, it's definitely a juicy time to be talking about all this stuff with the, the current like macro environment, uh, both in the crypto system as well as uh, you know the macro economy as well. So yeah, excited to jump in. No, I, I agree, and I think it's a it, it is a great time to for advisors to understand just the different uh, options that are out there. Um, you know, I think right now most of the the variable um, rate uh, options with centralized exchanges have made a lot of news for all the wrong reasons. Um, but I think it's also a, a helpful tool that we can maybe dive into in a little bit to, that. You know, helps people understand the, the choices that are out there, and um, you know, maybe maybe pursuing those you know ten to twenty percent rates you know wasn't exactly the healthiest thing, but you know, we'll we'll get it. But before that, Karen, why don't you just uh, give us a little bit of background and then about how Notional um, got started into the the fixed rate lending space? Because just for for background, for if you're new to crypto, fixed rate lending is not necessarily like the first thing that came about. So this is definitely a, a new innovation and iteration of what traditionally in crypto has been all variable based um, lending rates. So not to steal your thunder. Yeah, no, that, that's uh, great. Thanks for the intro there. Um, yeah, so I, I've been in crypto for the last nine years or so. So I've uh, been around the block uh, for a minute or two and kind of seen all the craziness that crypto has had to offer the world over those years. Um, my, you know, my background has always kind of been in the financial side of, of crypto. So um, you know, working uh, on my own exchange and then with, uh, with with some of the other like larger exchanges and stuff like that um, throughout the, you know, the past handful of years. I found my way at Notional about a year and a half ago. Um, uh, so I, I met Teddy and Jeff. I was actually reading about them in, um, in, in a blog post about like this new up and coming uh, duo, which was Teddy Woodward and, and Jeff Wu is our CTO and CEO. Um, and that they were doing something really innovative and new in the crypto space, which was building a fixed rate lending and borrowing market. Um, so I reached out to Teddy and very quickly was was on the team as the first employee and um, have been you know there helping build the team out and leading kind of our partnership and uh, ecosystem development stuff for the last uh, for the last bit. So um, the the kind of uh, the context here of of like why what Teddy and Jeff are like why what we're building at Notional is interesting. I think um, you know in in DeFi summer. Uh, let, let's call that like 2020 um, or, or really even like the, the last crypto bear market, which was 2018 and 2019. There, there were a few protocols that got launched at that time that, um, first of all, like didn't necessarily have very much fanfare. It was kind of this like this slog, right? There was like not a lot of uh, retail focus. Um, everyone kind of was like, is crypto dead? Are there real use cases? Are there not? And there was a handful of protocols that got launched uh, at that time. Um, most notably Maker MakerDAO, which uh, is the creator of the Dai stablecoin, so very similar to USDC. If if uh, some of the advisors might be familiar with that, um, so they launched in 2018, and then the other ones that that are most notable are Aave and Compound, and these are both uh, variable rate lending and borrowing money markets that got launched. 
Um, these allow people to borrow capital uh, against their Bitcoin and their Ether, generally speaking, um, at a, in an over collateralized fashion. Um, it allows lenders to earn yield on their assets and make them productive. Um, and then when we saw in 2020, you know, it just uh, those protocols that had been building for the last two years, kind of not in stealth mode, but um, without too much excitement around them really blew up. Um, and, uh, you know, then it was kind of like, all right, what's next? What's the next um, layer on top of, of like these very base level primitives that, that the crypto ecosystem had built? Um, and that's kind of where Notional comes in. Um, it's also where you started to see a lot of these um, centralized finance, these, these, these folks like BlockFi and Celsius um, and, and Genesis Trading and Coinbase and Gemini, whatever, like really start to get a lot of traction as well with lending and borrowing as a product um, in the crypto space too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. So I'll stop there. I think hopefully no, provides some. No, some that, that, that was, it's like you're reading my show notes because that's, um, that's exactly kind of where I, I wanted to go next is, so it's the end of July. Um, we've had a, a lot of negative press with these centralized exchanges. They've been in the news for all the wrong reasons. We've had Celsius and Voyager blow up completely. We've had BlockFi um, be bailed out essentially by FTX. And all these protocols, or the, I'm sorry, these platforms were, were offering these very juicy, attractive yields to, um, you know, to retail. And I, I guess my, my, my question and my thoughts go to, those things are such uh, such easy easy things for retail investors to to be you know just like flies just attracted to the light you know we, we're all at some level chasing these these you know really promising yields and returns and stuff um, and so client you know clients of advisors have probably gone down that road I mean I know I've have a couple of my I have a younger brother whose friends were all in the Voyager app they're all trading. You know, they were, you know, just leaving assets there to get them, uh, you know, those healthy returns. And now, you know, their assets have pretty much been frozen. And so um, if you would help an advisor understand, like, those 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 centralized exchanges that are offering those things that kind of have been blown up, do you think those were just the results of, like, just the volatile markets? Do you think that those were the results of bad business practices? Is there... Is there, is there something that advisors could glean in terms of like, hey, this is just what happens in these pullbacks and these you know, bear market kind of time periods where, um, you know, some some business models are getting punished and others aren't? Um, yeah. Or were these things very specific? Maybe maybe help an advisor give some background about, again, these these really juicy, and again, I didn't even mention Luna, Terra Luna, which, you know, is like the poster child for um, rates that don't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think like specifically as we're talking about Voyager and Celsius and uh, BlockFi and maybe like some of the stuff even that went on with Three Arrow Capitals, like really uh, what you're seeing here, I, I think is like traditional finance masquerading as um, as DeFi and like DeFi obviously standing for decentralized finance. Um, they kind of were, were marketing themselves as this, uh, as this place um, that held all the same values of a lot of the the, the protocols and the teams and the principles that a lot of us in crypto are building on top of. Um, and, and they kind of try to like hop along that. And like specifically what, I, what, I'm, what I'm talking about here is that, um, you know, there's this saying in crypto, like not your keys, not your coins. And um, yeah. at the end of the day, what, what ended up happening here was that, uh, you know, retail and institutional clients were, were giving Celsius, Voyager, um, the custody of their, of, of their coins. Uh, so so now, now they kind of have given, given away the ownership 
uh, rights to their to their assets, um, and they essentially went into a black box, and like no one yeah. actually knew what these uh, assets were uh, were were doing, uh, how they were being made productive, um, or or what type of risk management practices were put in place. Um, and, and I think this is like a, just a classic case of of like of like greed, and the whole reason why uh, DeFi is such a powerful. Uh, thing to bring to the world in the first place is that DeFi brings transparency to these things. Yeah. Um, and so if you're to juxtapose the, the two offerings, you know, you've got something like Celsius where uh, as a retail client, I'm going to give Celsius my $10,000. I have no idea if Celsius is then going to go take a hundred X leverage position on that $10,000 and hope Bitcoin goes up, or if they're going to lend it out at a, you know, 4% interest rate and give that 4% to me. Like I, I have no idea what they're actually doing with, with my crypto. Um, if you go over to the DeFi side of things, uh, and let's say I do give a protocol like Notional, for example, my $10,000, I can actually see exactly where those funds are sitting. I can ensure that they're not being rehypothecated um, across the board. I can see what type of risk management um, practices are put in place because they're codified and they're public and it's all open source. Um, and it's just really very, very different from like what we saw with uh, with, with Celsius and Voyager and whatever. Um, and, and, and like, I think, uh, you know, it's going to continue to happen again. I think it's this pendulum that's going to swing back and forth. It's important mm -hmm. to know again, like why Celsius and Voyager blew up. Um, the, the short end of it is one is like really bad risk management practices. Um, and, and two is kind of this, this like cesspool like, uh, uh, environment you get in when, when you don't have transparency around, um, uh, around like where assets are custodied and, and what strategies are being put in place to make these assets productive, specifically in the Celsius and, and Voyager scenarios, um, the same type, the same capital was being, was being borrowed against um, from like 10 different creditors and stuff, for example. Um, and so, you know, none of these people are talking to each other. Celsius is going to go to uh, Genesis trading, let's say, and get a $2 billion uncollateralized loan because they've got, $10 billion of assets, and they're going to go, you know, a day later to, um, to, to another lending desk and say, Hey, can we also get a $2 billion loan? And that's kind of how these things, um, perpetrated and, and, you know, it's all great when everything's up, they're making a, a, a killer amount of money for the company, for clients, um, for us, retail folks, everything like that. But when things start going the other way and, and some of these loans start becoming, becoming due and liquidation start happening, um, you're kind of, uh, left seeing that emperor has has no pants on and uh, and that's kind of what happened um, and it's going to continue to happen again and again again it's important why we do these things we're doing now is like educating people on like why DeFi is such a powerful thing is that it brings transparency to how these products operate uh, and that level of transparency is something that is needed very very much <laughs> so yeah um, no I, yeah. I i think it's really well said and i could not agree more it's it's so fascinating to me that you know, one of the key tenets that, you know, most advisors have gotten into um, this entire digital asset space is because it is transparent, you know, and if you're a fiduciary advisor, it's like for the first time, like here is an entire environment that, I, like you said, I can follow these transactions. I, I don't have to just trust some, you know, ratings agency to tell me that it's okay. I can verify it myself because I can see it. And so what do we do with that? Like we went and built <laughs> like that. We, we reinvented the black box of, like you said, the, you know, this op opaque thing that, you know, I, I don't really know. And, and I think that also goes to, you know, advisors are going to have to make some choices about 
there's always going to be a solution that's just a little bit more opaque and you're going to either have to and easier, right? Like it, it is more, it is easier and more convenient. And that's the trade-off It's like, first of all, not only are rates like we're rates juicy, although to be honest, you can get those same rates in DeFi. It's just that it really, it's the convenience factor of things. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, yeah, no, I those are always going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's, that's exactly the sort of the, the challenge for advisors to, to figure out is that convenient, easy, but a little bit more opaque, a little bit less transparent solution is, is going to be out there. And they just have to figure out, number one, where is that yield coming from? What are they doing? And if you can, with confidence, go down that pathway and do the due diligence, then, you know, kind of good luck. But the, the fascinating thing to me is there, it's not like there's not an alternative now. You know, before, you're, you know, let's say you, you want to put a client's position into some fixed income, you know, you're, you're looking at, you know, Moody's ratings and S&P bond ratings, like you're, you're, you're just having to trust these intermediaries, these third parties to provide you good, accurate information, because let's face it, most advisors are not going to drill down into this general obligation bond offering from Chicago, you know, that, that that's, that's not, they don't have the time to do that. So you're trusting these intermediaries to kind of shape and guide and point you in good directions, right? And, you know, a lot of these, the Schwab Fidelity platforms, they offer these, you know, oh, we've got these like sort of select list of, you know, um, different offerings. And that's sort of the old way. And, and again, there's a new way, there's a, an alternative now that exists that is this, the total opposite. It's completely transparent. You can verify where all these things are going. And, and so, I just think of, and, and again, yeah, I think you hit it on the head. It's just the convenience factor and, you know, how confident are advisors in doing this? Because like I said, you know, I asked my brother, hey, forward me all the emails you're getting from Voyager now about like their funds being frozen. And, you know, this is a, now they're trying to figure out what to do. And it's just these centralized exchanges, they, they have all these risks associated that are not very clear and they're not very, you know, out in front. And so an advisor needs to be really careful when they are, recommending that they go and use these other things. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's really just like, you know, you don't know what you're signing up for. So like, you know, y- yes, you're able to get an 8% rate on BlockFi, but like what, or, or Celsius or Voyager, but like what, what risk are you taking on by doing so? Right. Like every, everything that advisors do is like on, on a risk adjusted basis. Right. It's like, if you want to go pursue an opportunity that has a thousand percent, APR, there are opportunities out there that could get you that. Yeah. Now they, yeah. they probably are in Vegas and involve a roulette table, but like, <laughs> you know, there, there are opportunities to do that. There are also opportunities that can get you 1%, right? So it's like all in this risk adjusted um, framework that you need to analyze these things through. And the problem with Voyager, Celsius, a lot of centralized finance lending desks and products is that you don't actually know what risk you're taking on. And so while the APR might sound great, like what risk are you getting with that? At least with DeFi, there are, I mean, there are risks there as well. It's just yeah. that they're transparent and you know exactly what you're signing up for. And if you know the risks, it also means you can get comfortable and learn about those risks and potentially hedge against them as well. Um, whereas in the centralized finance kind of examples, like you don't know what the risk is, therefore you can't learn about it, therefore you can't hedge against it. Um, and and it's, it becomes very difficult in, as far as like, where do you put this in a portfolio? Is it a part of the yeah. more like fixed income safe piece of a portfolio or is it a part of a, you know, 5% shoot for the moon piece of the portfolio? Um, yeah. And and so, um, yeah, it's kind of the conundrum that that, that you're stuck with. Um, and, 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 you know, like I think DeFi has been very difficult to deal with, like meaning 
again, the convenience factor, it's like not an easy thing to wrap your head around. It, it is like kind of more technical and it is harder to learn and requires more onboarding and stuff like that. Those things will change. They will become just as easy, hopefully even better as the centralized finance um, offering. Um, you know, but, but that's really, I think like also like there is opportunity in that lag period, basically, where if an advisor is willing to kind of put forth a little bit of the, of the education uh, work uh, and educating themselves so they can better advise their clients, then, then there's like really, really good opportunities to kind of um, park capital into um, a new asset class, um, a safer asset class in some ways, um, a, a higher returning asset class in some ways and stuff like that. So, yeah, you mentioned um, that, you know, some of these these problems happen when, you know, the tide goes out, right? Like when all of a sudden not everything's going up, you know, on autopilot, you know, straight to the moon. Um, you have these bear markets where all of a sudden, you know, volatility changes and you start to see just how much risk was out there. Um, so help help someone understand like, okay, was this, was this kind of, you know, the market volatility and, and the correction, did, did that impact some of the fixed um, rate lending protocols and environments? Like has Notional um, been as adversely, um, you know, impacted by the, the changing market dynamics? Help, help someone understand like, okay, yeah. this just, this just wipe out a lot of people or is, is the, again, yeah. there are some differences between that, that fixed versus variable environments. Yeah. So uh, th there's a few things here, but like one piece of it, you definitely like, like put the, put the ball on top of the, the tee for me to smash out of the park. I think. <laughs> um, and, and, and that is like, again, like the juxtaposition that we keep talking about here between centralized finance and, and DeFi and specifically um the the fact that in DeFi there uh, have been no notable um, implosions of any of these protocols of any of these companies, including Notional, including Aave, Compound Maker. In fact, um, it, it's it's quite stark the difference in how these protocols, uh, like Notional and the ones I mentioned, fare compared to what happened in centralized finance. So. Uh, everyone took a hit across the board because asset prices went significantly down. So your Bitcoin and your Ether are now worth a heck of a lot less. People had loans in these decentralized finance platforms like Notional, like Aave, like Compound, and there were a lot of liquidations that happened. So people, you know, still just like just like everywhere, didn't necessarily manage their risk in the, in the most appropriate way. And there was liquidations that happened. But the big thing that, that's important to focus on is these liquidations happened, but all of these protocols stayed solvent. There are no bankruptcies. There are none of these protocols that went belly up or anything like that. This uh, they, it was is a massive stress test, and and basically all the protocols like um, excelled extremely well. Um, and so I, I think that's uh, yeah a really important piece to talk about. And again, when you're talking about you know risk, everyone thinks of like you know uh, decentralized finance in some ways is being riskier than centralized finance. But but if you look at the things side by side right now, well. To me, DeFi seems like a lot safer place to be parking your money than in these centralized mm -hmm. finance places, specifically because like we just had this massive stress test and look like we're all still standing. Um, you know, as it relates to like rates specifically, uh, you know, we, we've been seeing a big compression across the board in, in like in rates you can get um, in, in DeFi and from these CeFi offerings. I think rates on Notional, for example, have kind of, you know, gone from the 
let's call it like, you know, five to 8% range into more of like the three to seven, three to 6% range kind of thing. So we've seen a big compression of rates. Um, the other protocols have seen big compression of rates and we have seen a big um, like de-risking as well, right? So, so uh, there has been a lot of uh, capital that has left some of these DeFi protocols, including Notional, including Aave, including Compound, um, because people are de-risking in kind of this uncertain, uh, really volatile um, scenario. Um, one kind of interesting tidbit here is uh, Celsius uh, had positions on, on Aave and, and on Compound. They also have positions on Notional as well. Um, it's interesting now Celsius being in bankruptcy filings that the, the only creditors that Celsius has paid back essentially to date, like in full, have been these DeFi protocols DeFi. because there, there isn't this like, uh, uh, I mean, there's a saying that like code is law. I don't know if I, I quite get behind that necessarily, but, but it definitely right. like, uh, you know, if they didn't pay off their loans, they're at chance of liquidation and like no one can change that. Like the code right. has set, has set it so. And there is no court to go to to decide if it should be liquidated or not, or who should get what amount of what. It's like these are the rules that you signed up for when you took the loan out, um, and if you don't abide by them, you can be liquidated, um, you know, kind of thing. And so, yeah. I, I, again, yeah. like just a, kind of a cool example, I think, of like um, of That's the differences. A big difference, yeah. right? That vert, one is a, a a very human process, and the other, there's no wizard inside the smart contract that can hit pause. And change the 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 parameters of the deal, right? Like it's it's executing the code that was set, and so yeah, that's that's a very very big difference. And I think, um, you know, one one of the things that I I think about, you know, most advisors that are in the space are on the younger side, and so I think of like market dynamics that we've just not seen a lot of, and um, as as there is a de-risking, you know, oftentimes the, the assets that are most liquid are the ones that are getting sold first. So, you know, it's almost counterintuitive. You're like, um, you know, you're the, the assets that can be easily, um, you know, sold, liquidated that, that have, you know, a lot of um, you know, liquidity behind them. Those are the things that get sold first um, when you're in the process of, you know, major risk events. And so, Seeing once again DeFi pass a lot of these things are it's just a fascinating um, use case in real time that we're 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 being able to to see play out in a positive way. It's there's no systematic you know contagion going on in DeFi. Yeah, yeah, and and it's interesting. I mean, we we haven't like talked too much uh, you know about like the the variable rate versus fixed rate kind of ecosystem and stuff that that exists. Um, in the DeFi space, but like this exists in traditional finance as well. Like, you know, you, you see the, like this big market sell off that there's, there is a lot less liquidity to go around towards the risk assets. So equities have taken a massive hit um, and, and really all assets have taken a hit as far as like liquidity goes. But what you do see is a lot more activity in the bond markets. Um, when, when you have a lot more volatile, um, you know, rate environments and stuff, people get um, very risk averse and they, they start paying a lot more attention to to uh, bonds and to yields on bonds and to um, kind of the certainty and stuff like that, that like fixed income and um, those types of uh, instruments can, can offer. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, it's an exciting time, at least for us at Notional to like be building in this environment as well as because, um, you know, we like, like uh, it's also a, a tool or a product that can be used in a similar light when things are really volatile and they're really uncertain 
um, and you have no idea if crypto is going to take another 50% drop um, or if it's going to you know, come skyrocketing up, um, but you have a portfolio to build, you have a retirement to fund, you whatever, and you need some of this predictability and certainty. Um, you know, it's, it's cool that like now some of these uh, assets are, some of these products are, are live in like DeFi and stuff as well. Um, and, and cool yeah. to obviously to be building at a notional. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I actually, that's, that's a phenomenal transition that you just teed up for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's how we would, that's how it works. Um, because that, my, my next thought goes to exactly that, that you know, probably for the past five or 10 years, most advisors, and again, this is what I did when, you know, I was actively building portfolios for my clients is that fixed rates were so bad that you were almost forced to find these alternatives, right? These bond proxies, um, you know, whether you were trying to, you know, have a little bit more exposure to, to, you know, things like a utilities or, you know, some type of business development company, things that were like, okay, this is kind of like an interest rate based product. It, it, it kind of is a little bit, um, you know, um, a little bit more stable, but at the end of the day, it's not, it's not a, it wasn't a bond, you know, fixed income product. It, it was this, this sort of alternative, right? Because you just didn't, I mean, you're either going to find dividend paying stocks, you're going to find, um, again, things that were quasi-stable, um, that sort of a, a bull market would, would mask some of the extra volatility that you were honestly taking. Well, now, now that we're, we're like seeing, number one, you know, the, the, the inverse happen where um, those risk assets are, are, are far more risky, the, you're also seeing these fixed interest rate yields in that environment become far more active and important. Um, you know, my mind goes to like what what does an advisor need to maybe readdress? Because again, when you would go on your, you know, portfolio construction tool and you're looking at fixed income and you're pulling up maybe a, an ETF bond and it's like, oh, great, this is like a 2%, you know, like, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to have, you know, this, this amount of money? And you, you were, you were sort of sucked into this, this, you know, idea that these bond proxies could, could do the job, right? Until all of a sudden they don't. And oh, by the way, Again, the 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 amount of risk you were actually taking on is exposed, and, and you know mm-hmm. you're, you're you're sort of facing these um, you know these decisions now. But what you do inside of a portfolio, so um, just in in general, like like you you kind of teed up like the the fixed environment all of a sudden becomes really important again, um, and, and so maybe maybe help advisors figure out like how how do those fixed rates um, sort of help them get through these periods of uncertainty. Um, and then specifically, like how notional could help them maybe shore up a portfolio, um, you know, that you're that you're needing to help a, a client figure out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, like when everything's going up, um, it's, you know, everyone's a genius and no matter where you put money in, you're making your, you, you know, like things are, are going well for you. Um, and yeah, fixed income bonds, whatever, like don't seem very interesting because 2%, like, why would I do that when the market's going up 20% a year? Um, well, you do it specifically for times like now where the markets, you know, I, I don't know exactly where, I mean, the S&P's at, but we're down 20, 25, 30%, something like that, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously individual risk assets a lot more. 2% sounds pretty interesting now um, as, you know, just to have, again, like some level of certainty, predictability, and like a rock in your portfolio that's like not going anywhere. Um, obviously, th- this changes as well. Uh, you know, you guys know this game a lot more than I do, but like 
what age people are at, what their goals are, all these different things um, where for some, for some clients, fixed income is even more important than others. Um, and to have a 20% drawdown in a portfolio is like a non-starter, like cannot happen or else like they can't afford to live. Um, and, and so uh, again, like when everything's going up, you're a genius, uh, that's not happening anymore. And so now there's a lot more light into um, how do we get like sustainable uh, and, and, and guaranteed returns um, on a portfolio. Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because like, if you were to ask that question, an advisor's brain would not go to crypto, right? You're, you're yeah. not like, oh, if you want guaranteed returns, you should put your money in crypto. Like that is where you put your growth piece of your portfolio. But um, with introduction of products like, like Notional, um, that's offering uh, essentially, you know, a, a fixed rate of return. Um, you know, it, things start to change now and it's no longer a piece of a portfolio where you're putting it into crypto that is extremely volatile up and down. You have no idea where it's going to go. Instead, it's like, this is, um, you know, a, a, a bond that you're putting it into. This is a guaranteed fixed rate of return that you can expect and count on over the course of the next, you know, six months, one year, five years, whatever the case may be. Um, and, you know, th th there's a few, um, you know, things I think that are, are, are cool to note here. One, uh, you know, like there are other companies and protocols in the DeFi space that have been using like notional for this exact reason as well. So in a very volatile environment, um, uh, uh, they were very interested in, very interested and, and eventually ended up deploying a pretty large amount of capital into notional um, specifically because um, it helped dampen the volatility of their overall portfolio and the returns therein. Um, at the time, it ended up actually, you know, raising the overall return as well, because it happened to be that people put a premium on fixed rates and the rates were actually even better than they could get on a variable rate um, product. Uh, but again, cool to see that like, this isn't just specific to necessarily clients, it's also companies and protocols and that kind of thing that are looking at how do we bring some level of certainty, predictability and like planning to what we're doing. Um, and, and so, yeah, that, that's kind of a, a cool piece. Mm -hmm. um, and then another thing that's interesting to note here as well is like, uh, you know, like, like still to manage an individual bond um, or, or, or ask uh, an advisor to manage a bond portfolio is still kind of a pain in the ass. Obviously it requires like constant rolling. You have to pay a lot of attention to where rates are at and, and like make active trades essentially. Um, and so in that vein, we've been working uh, for quite a while and like are, are like hopefully just days away, if not like maybe a few weeks away from launching a product with, um, with one of our partners called Fixed. And what fixed is, is essentially a, a bond ETF. So this is a passive way for um, an advisor, for example, to, to park capital into this product. Um, and it takes, uh, you know, it does all that active management for them, just like a regular bond ETF would, um, but gives them exposure to this predictable fixed rate um, environment uh, that we can offer at Notional. So um, that's awesome. yeah, I think yeah. that would be a really great product uh, when, when we launch it for, for advisors and a piece of a fixed rate portfolio. I was going to say, if, if there's web links and things, um, definitely share them and we'll, we'll pass them along the show links. Um, so when, when it's ready, um, that yeah. would be, that'd be amazing. But yeah, no, I, I, I like what you said because it's, you know, diversification doesn't matter till it really matters. And um, the, the thing that, uh, I mean, I remember having a conversation with a client that people need to know on Notional, you, you can, you can, uh, 
lend out DAI and USDC and stable assets. It's not just you own Bitcoin and are lending out your Bitcoin. There's actually stable assets. And so one of the last conversations I had with a client was like, hey, listen, let's we, we need to get out, reduce some of the volatility in your portfolio. We need to sell some of these riskier assets. For him, it was a bunch of shit coins he was trading. Um, and it was like, we're, we're, we're done with that, right? Yep. So we, we got out of those positions. We had USDC and it's like, this is where we're going to go to you know, a place where you can use this cash position and lend it out, continue to you know roll it, whether it was, and, and um, I think Notional has three months, six months and one year um, sort of durations for, for lack of yep. a better term um, that, that you can utilize. And it was like, let's, let's take advantage of the fact that there is going to be, you know, like the macro picture isn't necessarily settled yet. And so, um, you know, he decided to deploy like a three month and a six month, almost like a bond ladder kind of strategy. And, um, you know, the conversation was around after the three months we can reevaluate and maybe we re up again, um, with lending out the cash, or now you've got fresh capital to either dollar cost average into other positions. Um, you know, it just, it was a very flexible thing. And like you had said, it, it's not, it's not crypto that you just have to hold Bitcoin and Ethereum through crazy market swings. You, you can lend out the, the die in the USDC, which is essentially cash. And so now your cash is becoming so much more engaged and, um, more active. And again, the, 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 the yields are, are, are surprisingly um, fairly healthy from coming from a place where yields were nothing. I mean, to own cash yeah. was, you know, 0.25% from your you know favorite local bank. Like it's it, yeah. having cash has been such a, a, a massive drag on, um, you know, people's wealth creation. So um, anyways, that, that was just kind of one thing that I, I, I thought of too, is that, um, you know, this is a really good time to be talking to people to say, okay, what maybe you've been doing this one thing through you know these these markets. Um, maybe it's time to reevaluate, and maybe um, you know it's th- there are ways you can can deploy uh, different kinds of capital. What you know you can still lend out your Bitcoin, your Ethereum, but there's also ways to lend out those stable coins. That yeah. um, again, that's that that has resonated well with the people. Now again, I'm around more old people, um, so the fact that they could use cash and be um, you know, earning, earning a higher, higher rate with that cash was, was really attractive to them. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, I, I, I would say I'm kind of this like, you know, productive asset maxi kind of thing. And it's, the, it's this mantra that like, whatever assets you invest in, you should, uh, invest in assets that like can be productive, meaning like you can put them to use either earning more capital or deploy them in a business or like do, do whatever, um, w- with them, but something that's not just sitting there. I think, um, you know, to, to nail, nail home, uh, or to hit home, like what, what you said is like, whatever asset you, you hold, you know, die USDC, uh, which before was like basically just sitting there. Now you can actually like lend that out make that a productive asset. Granted you are taking, you know, more risk, so that, 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 that should be, mm-hmm. um, like not, yeah. um, you know, glossed over or anything again, like, uh, want people <laughs> to pay attention to, to what they're getting into here. Um, but you, you know, but like, yeah, now you're able to go earn 5% on your USDC instead of the 0.25%. Um, you know, and there are other ways in DeFi as well, you know, to earn, to earn, uh, returns on, on, um, crypto assets on stable coins and whatever. But I think it's cool that, uh, specifically with like DeFi, we now kind of have this new, this new way to make like all sorts of assets productive that productive, weren't productive yeah. in the past. Um, so, yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, well, I know we're, we're, we're up against time. Um, yep. Cameron, but I, I really appreciate the conversation. Um, we will share uh, 
some show links. Um, if, if there's any ways, or I know um, you're you're out there on social media and stuff. Um, what's what's the best way for advisors to maybe um, connect with you? I um, also know you're you're pretty good at um, running community discords, that kind of stuff. What what's what's a good way for people to come if they have questions about Notional or or just fixed rate lending in general? Yeah, so Notional.finance is is our website. Um, you can hop on there and join our Discord. Um, that's a, you know an open community. Come ask your questions, hang out with us. We do these uh, every two weeks. We do an onboarding call where we'll actually walk you through the UI and show you exactly how to lend, how to borrow, what all the different buttons mean, where rates are coming from, all those kinds of things. Like for an introductory um, session, that would be really helpful. Even if you don't want to actually use the tool yet, it's cool to learn about. Um, so you know maybe come hang out for one of those. Uh, and then me personally on, on, on Twitter, probably is the best way to find me, Shorgi30, my last name, S-C-H-O-R-G-I-E-3-0 at Gmail. Or yeah, yeah, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, Karen. Again, thank you so much for um, the, the amount of time and education that Notional has, has dedicated to the Planner DAO. Um, we're, we're very grateful for um, your support. And uh, with that, that's the uh, Crypto for Planners podcast, the most interesting CFP in the world. Stay crypto, my friends. Cool. Right on.